are brands becoming evil today? Yes, because they are working with fears of people. More than a single view of what is right and wrong. You come with a campaign that works in Austria, but not in this other country. And I don't want to mention another country. Where should I base my, my system of values? That is really that is such a gut feeling you have as a manager doing things where you know you um, destroy people in other countries. That doesn't work. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the very first podcast of Skins Agency. And today I have the pleasure to have here Bettina Binder. Um, I've met with Bettina in Startup Live. Uh, it's been two years ago, I believe, or, or a year one and a year half ago. ago. I think. Oh, one year yeah, ago. One year, yeah. But this last All year right. in May, I think. Oh, that's very close. I, see, it feels to me like it's been ages that I know you. Yes, for me <laughs> we, too. <laughs> I've I've been in touch with you quite regularly since then, so that's a good that's a good sign for sure. <laughs> So for all of you out there, Bettina has worked for over, over 12 years at Allianz, uh, among others as head of brand and performance marketing. Uh, she's been a digital media, media consultant for over five years at Mediacom, one of the world's leading marketing and media companies with a team of over 10,000 people across 94 markets. Um, so that said, hopefully uh, this Bettina's experience is going to help us a lot. Uh, and and so we're going to try to pick her brain on a lot of a lot of questions. Uh, but today, uh, Bettina is a managing partner of Fulle Ideen and runs an online business academy, uh, helping people kickstart their businesses in just twelve weeks. So, without further ado, Bettina, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you. Uh, in, in this You're welcome, today. and thank you for your invitation. And I really hope that I can help you along with some. Some more information on brand strategy, I think we are talking today about. So I'm looking forward to talking to you and thank you very much for the invitation. Oh yeah, definitely. So for everyone out there, Bettina has been my mentor as well. So I did call her up and ask her a bunch of questions. So I'm absolutely sure there's a lot to be learned from Bettina. So uh, tune oh, in, you. let's let's have this thank conversation. You. <laughs> thank you. I'll, I'll be direct, be right on it. Uh, here's, here's a question that to me, it seems like everybody feels like they know, but then there's always a different definition that I hear from almost every person in the market. And, and this is what I'd love to hear first. So what is branding? Well, for me, um, branding is giving a product, a company or your offer the face to the customer. So on all stages of your um, customer journey, not only on the awareness phase where you have big placements and um, have uh, and then show your your huge company placements, but really for me is it really the face to the customer on the whole customer journey on starting from awareness until having the client on your website or in your in in your company buying a product and also the after sales process. So for me, it's the face to the customer in general. So so. That is very interesting because for some people, and, and certainly the way that uh, we try to put it out there, is the personality of the company. Now, you mentioned the face of the company, but you also mentioned the customer journey. And that's a, I think that's a very interesting sort of um, two bits of, of information that may come together very interestingly. So I guess, can you just expand about on, on the idea of customer journey and 
what does a face, what kind of role does this face play for that customer journey? And I guess the um, subsequent question would be, what would a good brand strategy look like to you? Because if it is a face and if there's a journey, that means there needs to be a strategy walking that face across the journey. So what does it look like to you? And again, you've managed incredibly big brands. Uh, so so how did you do it? <laughs> Interesting um, question. Some people, they, did, they, they separated that you have brand strategy at the beginning and then you have performance marketing at the end and you have performance marketing on the website. And for me, it's every time they the face to the customer, the feelings and the emotions the customer has to buy your product. So it starts with awareness, but comes to the end at having really a great customer journey that is really about having a, a good time on your website, having a good time buying your product, having a good time then in customer service times afterwards. So um, that's for me describing this customer journey thing and also have to have a look on your data and your data strategies or how you can really measure where your brand comes in and where your brand has an effect on your sales activities. And I personally think that you can't separately, yeah, you can separate it in times of which media, which um, messages I use, but you can't separate it that you, you're doing big brand campaigns and ignore what is on your website and on your and social media. So really have these sentiments, have these emotions, have these feelings, people talking about you and your company. If you put this together, this is for me the face to the customer and the whole brand strategy. That's very so. So this is something that you know. Um, I'll, I'll just piggyback off of what Jeff Bezos said, right? It's people's what other people say about you when you're not in the room. So it's all of that conversation. But you pinpoint on having a good time and sentiment, and and I think that's that's crucial. And uh, in, especially in my opinion, is is one of the most important parts of what brands are doing today. Uh, but before I go into more detail with with that, is getting people to have a good time with your brand right you mentioned that 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 aspect of it that sentiment what are a few tips or maybe just three tips to actually get people to connect emotionally with your brand to have that sentiment placed out there so that we as as brand managers can hear it well f first of all i think that, that you need the reach and you have to be seen how not only in times of putting a lot of money in doing awareness campaigns but also in times of how do i communicate and how do i engage with people and how which platforms i'm using and what i'm talking there so for me that the first tip is how you can get reach and how you can be seen in times of 2023 when talking about digital media, social media, and so on. So that the, the second thing would be for me, you really need to have a company which speaks real talk and not PR messages, um, things that are not real, things that are covered by good messages, great, great brand campaigns. So you're, you can't say you are a successful, um, sustainable company if you if you you are not this company because it's, it all will across uh, come across in your social media um, 
sentiments and social media comments of people talking about you and your company. So that's the second one. And this, the third one, what was the concrete question? The third. So how do we, basically it's three tips, three tips to make consumers react better to your brand or to have that sort of sentiment oh, yeah. put out there. And Yes, and the third, the third one would be for me, you really need to be authentic. You don't need to be a copycat because you have a lot of times people and companies copying others. So for me, the third important point is really to be authentic and to be on point what the people need. And um, it really comes down to data and target groups because target groups, earlier target groups, they have been 20 years old living in Vienna, um, and having brown hair. Now you have so much data and information about people that you you really can come to the point that you really are on the customer needs. And if you are customer centric and put this in your brand strategy, then you have this, uh, I call it golden nugget, um, when, you, when you really manage to be on point of what people, how, how can you as company really help people along living a better life, more successful life, healthier life, what else? But that puts a lot of pressure in the shoulders of the manager or the, the person who's actually doing it. So what you're talking- Yes, it really is. It really is. I think it's a much harder job than you had it years before. Because years before, you, you bought a TV campaign and said, okay, we are the great company. Um, we are all the best. And yeah, good is. Yeah. And you have the Coca Cola truck all around the world. And everybody said, hey, cool, Coca Cola. Now you really think about what are they doing? Yeah. What is Coca Cola really about? What is this sugar thing? What is about sustainable? How, how is this with the trucks and so it's not easy to do a brand campaign and say I book millions on dollars or euros in a TV campaign and having my posters and everything is fine um, it's really really much more than you have had it 20 years before it's but it's my opinion yeah oh, so yeah. it's really it is a huge pressure on people um, having having to manage this because it's so much more than you have this outline. You have really this inner thing that you have to be clear on everything you have in your company and you have your PR and you have your marketing and you have your product and you have your customer care center. And if anything there is not clear and not sustainable and not that, then you will have problems on the long run. So. I'm going to put you in a corner right now with, with a question that is, I believe, really tough because so you mentioned all of these aspects that a brand manager has to deal with, but all of those points were from a company perspective now, right? Because you have the customer and you have the product and you have all the processes and you have your, your you know, your conversion rates, all that kind of stuff you have to deal with. One question earlier, you talked about the company needs to talk the real talk. That is a very tough thing to do. Now, ultimately, that brand manager is just a person who also has their values and beliefs and, and belief systems, um, and also has a particular type of level of intelligence, be, be that EQ, IQ, all of that kind of stuff, plus the underlying um, knowledge base that they've created. So what makes a good brand manager then? If they have to know all of this, that just sounds excru excruciatingly hard. So what are some of the, the, 
main sort of features or, or traits that are necessary for a good brand manager today. But I'm also, I also want to test here on one point because I know that you work a lot on people's well-beings, uh, well-being and, and um, uh, sort of, especially in, in the leader side. So I want to know like, where does, what does it mean? What are those key traits for someone to be a good brand manager um, or even just to be a good, you know, VP of marketing or anything like that, while keeping in mind all the business aspect, all of the ethical aspect, and all of the personal well-being in mind. So I guess the, very short... interesting question oh, because a lot. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, it seems there's some lag. So the, I guess the short question would be, and I'll just like squish it down to what would be the three traits that you would hope every head of marketing or every head of brand should have to, to be good at what they're doing today? Well, the first thing, I think that you really have to be people friendly or people, you really have to have an interest in people. I really think that you really need to have an interest in people that you really have to go into the needs of your customer because you started with um, seeing from the customer perspective, not only from the company. So if you're not interested, interested in really helping the people along, you would never come across with having a great um, brand campaign for me. So that, that's the first thing, really be interested and open-minded and people-friendly that you really have a look into your data. So that's the, the second thing is for me to have this data perspective. So you have really to be a person that is data driven and and also relates on data but also knows how to interpret data because or, or have to you have those people yes you have those departments you have but you have really to, to keep in mind that you don't do a brand campaign like 20 years before and you don't have enough data to interpret it so how do you do you do attribution modeling marketing mix modeling how you go more into the funnel steps where people then buy because in the earlier stages you had these awareness campaigns and you had keep your eyes on how many people have it seen how is your market reach but Okay, then it cut it, and there you had um, how many sales I have. And now you have, you really have to go step by step. How do I do my brand campaign and awareness and brand strategy, and where do come my customers in? So the second thing is that I really think that um, it, it did need to be data driven. And the the third thing is. I think they need to be a bit creative. So you have don't be this creative, mega creative person because um, you have your creative agency, you have your team player and so on. Yeah, But if you're only this minded, mind people, so this, uh, having all your strategy coming from from theoretical AIDA models and what else, yeah? And you're not this creative person for, for new ideas, for new things where you can be outstanding. Then I think it's it's much harder than in earlier stages because in earlier stages you had those companies having big, big budgets and doing great campaigns. And now you have small companies, small budgets, but great campaigns because they, they get to the needs of the people. They have their data clear and they really support um, their clients well. So you have much more um, competition 
I think. Yeah, so it's really my opinion. Yeah, you have much more competition than you had it um, a lot of years before, where only the big ones with with huge money could do great campaigns because you had only TV, radio, um, poster. And now you have so many great social media campaigns reaching much more people with small budgets. Okay, so I'll, I'll take this and then add up to the complexity. So we were talking about brand managers or, or even VPs of marketing at a particular company. Now you've worked with Mediacom as well, which is a company that works with hundreds and thousands of brands. And oftentimes when we're in that position and we're, we're, we have all of these new clients coming in and maybe a lot of these clients don't match with our personal values as human beings. Mm -hmm. um, how do we do a good job? How do we make sure that we're not stepping on our individual values, but at the same time, we maybe love that job. We love most of the clients, but there's always some clients that come in that we have to deal with. Um, how do we sort of build or resilience around that um, ethical aspect, but more more of also the well-being aspect as as just a human being? Hmm. Very interesting question again. Uh, not not easy, um, because I think it, you have those personal values and you have those personal values of your clients and of your employees. And even if you're a company not very un, uh, not very ethical, you're more unethical. But but nevertheless. Um, having a look on their people and really care about their employees, about their people, then it's going to also be fine for me as employee and marketing person working for this company. So it's so hard because I have those personal values of employees and the values of the customer. And yeah, you have to have this match to values from the customer and from your company. And even if the market segment is so, yeah, but it's okay if you say, okay, that's my love um, clients and I want to deal with them. And also I would, I would have, I would try to find employees also matching those values or saying, okay, my value is money and I want to get my good money and have my good life with my company. And it's also fine because my value is having the base, um, coming out of the money and and then my life and, and there I put my values in it's also fine so it's so for me those value topics is so hard but on the other hand I have um, I, I was responsible for a big sustainability campaign and this was so great because you I saw what it makes with your employees and with the people telling hey come on do you know what you have which which impact you have in in your company doing the right things and the motivation was higher people they had great ideas new ideas creative ideas how to communicate how to do the products and so on and so it's for i believe it's much easier to motivate people either clients or employees if the values are matched so, okay, I, I'm going to take a second there to process this because I think what you're saying is is something that a lot of companies have split. So 
I'll expand on this with with a bit of probably my opinion, and and please like you know point out if if I'm saying something that you wouldn't agree with, because I think this is a, a very very crucial aspect in today's new world of work. Um, more and more people are signing up for companies exactly as you say that share the same values. So it's not more about just getting that wage at the end of the like that paycheck, but it's more about oh um, do I actually believe what this company believes now. Companies tend to do most of their work in their branding, in their customer-facing brand. And when they do their employer branding, it feels sometimes like they're doing two different things. They treat that differently. Yes. And mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. you know that value, specifically those values that you mentioned, they don't echo across all the aspects of communication of the company. And so as a company, you try to be great and you try to be fun for your employees because you want to retain them. But at the same time, now you have all of this payroll that you have to go for. So your cash is, you know, you're being stripped of cash. And I'm speaking specifically for smaller companies here. And so you have to run to do the sales. So you end up in this track of having to take maybe some clients that overstep on your values boundaries. Now, it's not even a question. It's just a matter of like, how do we even position, like how do we take care of ourselves if we're a small company, if we're a growing company, let's say we're a series A company, right? We've just gotten this investment. We have our product market fit. Um, I'm the head of marketing now in this company. And all I'm doing is trying to push on customer base. Uh, but now an extra issue is added because I have to bring all of these values with my head of people or HR. I have to mm. pile up all the values internally and also do the marketing for the team. And all of that has to be consistent. So we're, we're in such a big, how do I call it? It's, it's a paradigm shift, but it's such a tough world to be in when you're in that position, right? Because at the end of the day, you're a head of marketing. And honestly, you don't take a lot of the decisions that the C-suite will be taking in regards to the direction of the company. But you're the person, as you mentioned earlier, you need to be, uh, you need to talk the real talk. Now you're in this position where you might disagree with your, with your peers, with your, with your, you know, um, uh, managers of your own, but you still have to do the real talk. So I just wanted to point it out there and maybe just get your, your sense in it as to how do we, how do we manage the situation just as people where where these values have to be shared in s across the channel? Well, I'm such an optimistic person, I would say it there. And um, so I would answer it from from more sides. Yeah? So on the one hand, you have every time this short time, short term view and the long term view. And for the startup companies, they really need to they, they have those investments and they really need to, to get money. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you if you set the base and if you have those those you have the time for for the values and the time for your team and really to have these blocks in your company so strong, then you have long time uh, on a long term view, much more um, success. It, but it's my really it's so uh, positive. Um, I have so positive emotions about that because I'm I, I don't 
we are all human being and we are all we are heart-minded and we want to live a good life and we are living in such a great world yeah and then you have those problems coming out from stress burnout of people um higher um more much more money and so on yeah you, you understand where i want to, to come to yeah and on the other hand you have this com confidence in your people have your the confidence in your people um that they are doing the right things and let them do it then then so if you have the people with the right skills yeah then then they run for you when they they are matched with their values again so but not easy to answer because yes um but i'm yeah i'm not the, the, the friend of um higher more money and so on yeah that's a bit of a problem sometimes because you have to go for your your team and your people and also go for the company and say come on we, we, we need to do sales but because then the people they don't have a workplace anymore even especially in startups when you don't make money um but set the base that everything can be developed that's my opinion and don't run from the first i don't know if you if i get across what i wanted to say but i think so um take this time look in your data and your potential having the right people develop the people and 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 then they run so so i think a couple of years ago only a couple of years ago most VCs uh, would talk about investing in businesses and in people who have a vision. So vision was the big issue. Um, Simon Sinek would say you start with why. But the why of Simon Sinek goes much broader than the vision for the product or the company. Now, I think yes. if, if I may piggyback off of what you were saying was practically now uh, a founder a company founder should not only run for a vision but rather together with a vision they need to be sure what their own values are before they even start the business and so they have the vision which will run for where the product where the company is going to go what impact it's going to have in the world but at the same time that impact and the way that we would build that business would be on top of a set of values that need to be clarified and and that I think takes us, and if you agree to that, and I, I suppose you do in that respect, I think that brings something to the table of all the founders and company leaders to say, first, you need as a person to be up to a certain degree self-actualized, to deeply understand your personal values before you take on to building a business and then just dragging people around to make money. Would that would yes. that be a decent characterization of that conversation? Yes, um, yes, I think that's that would also um, be my opinion because um, great leaders of the world they are not only the great leaders of big companies but great leaders for people. Um, they they really are clear on what is the the really feeling here inside and the the values and. The values on top, then you have the products and the, the people and management and so on. So yes, I would agree here on this point. So then I'll turn it around with the exact opposite question. Considering what we just discussed, right? And we're talking about values. We're talking about making people people's lives that 
work with you and around you, be that um, your customer or your employee and your teammate. Um, so sharing all those values, building a better life. Now, seeing that this is not exactly happening across the board, and understanding that a lot right now um, companies have a lot more understanding of people and of psychological aspects of of knowing a person and how to play around with people and let's talk about customers first here um, so brand managers vps of marketing vps of brand tend to understand much better now in a psychological level what our customers are thinking, how are they feeling, what kind of personality do they have. So they have this opportunity today to practically push people towards where they want to push them. Question that comes with that is, are brands becoming evil today? Hmm. Um, on the one thing, uh, on the one hand, yeah, I would say yes, because they are working with fears of people, they are they are working with those big dreams, and then they they don't have the solution, um, and everything is so shiny, and it, you can do it very easy, very shiny, and then for for the customer itself, it does not really help. Yeah. So on the one hand, yes, because you you really you have so much data, and if you do it clever, we are all human beings, and um, all this, this in hundreds, millions of milliseconds, it works, yeah. And when you do it clever with, with big, big money, so you have those companies having huge money and doing this thing with, with you, you buy this product and then you are frustrated, yeah. So on the one hand, yes, yeah. But on the other hand, I think if you do it clever and you have this data and you have these employees coming to your company, t telling you the outside perspective of your company, younger people coming into the company, driving for going for change management and um, th really thinking new ways and, and keeping new ideas testing very easy very 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 um easy and fast like the lean uh, lean startup concept yeah having those ideas have it tested have your data ready and then doing the loop again and doing it better for the customer and you really have the solution making it better for the customer then it's great so your question coming to your question on the one hand yeah they are becoming evil and it's it's it frustrates me what there is on the market. And on the other hand, it's so, it's so amazing things like, um, we, we have met her at, uh, Startup Life, Bruce, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee. I, I think that the product was called Bruce Lee. Um, looking into the data where bread is, um, where, where bread is, uh, wasted and going to those, to those, those company and doing out of the wasted bread a good product and with the, with the values for your employees and clients and so on. Yeah. So yeah, on the one hand, yes. On the, on the other hand, no. And I think it's great possibilities nowadays you haven't had some years before. Mm. So, okay. I, I would want to make this sort of almost very clear for people out there that might find themselves in a situation where it's ambiguous as to is the company that they're working with somewhat evil or not. So I would say if you have specific examples, that would be even better. But just maybe we go with, you know, um, what are three unethical things that brands are doing today that practically make them evil? 
Mm. Well, on the one hand, I, I think that they are really working with fears and looking into data and social media sentiments and then um, using those fears, but don't have really the product ready. As I'm, I'm thinking if I'm, I do have uh, an example. Um, or on the app, one example for me is also um, Amazon having the data where you buy the product and making it cheaper, cheaper or more expensive if you have an iPhone or not. Yeah, if it would come from the value that the the people they have more, they should pay more. Yeah, then you can say, okay, it, is it fair or not? Yeah, um, but if it only comes from if it's an iPhone and where you're located but you need to buy more um, pay more for it maybe it's the one one big Christmas present and had an iPhone and now he has to pay every time more for the product so for example um, one um, yeah it's a very one good example, example by the way very good example thanks for sharing it <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I'm thinking if uh, if I have another example. It's fine. Um, we can come back to it later as well. Okay, that's totally great. fine. Great. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but oh, I, I just asked about the evil stuff. Let's ask about the good stuff. Um, I'm a brand manager at a company. Okay. Um, or, and I'm, again, I'm going towards brand most of the time, but it, it goes across the board in, in communications. Uh, but what would be the three ethical things that I should be thinking about in order to make my customers' lives better and, and uh, you know, think of my customers' well-being overall? The three ethical things you said. Um... Right. Or at least to... to make sure like what steps should I take to make sure that what I'm doing in regards to communicating and getting people to subscribe to what I'm trying to sell for that to be somewhat ethical and just to think about people's well-being keeping in mind that I still have some KPIs to to reach and to report to my uh, to my boss so to speak I think um, people companies they are much more doing in the sustainable area so you can i think you can, could talk hours um about so and where where you start and where you end um for example we did at um for the last campaign we really had a look into media spendings so where do we spend our media and do we need amazon and co or do we want to support the austrian market so when you do media in Austrian media, then you support people in Austria and workplaces in Austria and so on. So where start to be ethical and um, where to end and where what's talking about, because when you really be centric, customer centric and human being centric and this across the whole customer lifetime cycle, then you have a lot of aspects to to talk about and even your supply chain so 
is it really ne necessary to um, get your products from, I don't know, from which countries or can you do it um, more sustainable in Austria, for example, or not, not that abroad? Yeah, so um, maybe you have a question going more in one aspect if you're interested in. So yeah, well, I, to make it clear, I think uh, I think one of the aspects that keeps coming back in this conversation and maybe I don't stop specifically in this question but one of the aspects that keeps coming back is it's as if I believe your your underlying message is that we really need to be very empathetic as human beings in this profession so when you say customer centric I understand that that's a buzzword you know and and to me by the way that you're explaining it it doesn't sound like you're using it from a buzzword perspective. It's more about that human to human connection that you require, so to speak, from from these brand leaders. So now considering that that's, that's an aspect, how do we, how, what do we need to do to, to build more of that empathy, but also make sure that we're also being fair to the business that we're working with, right? Um, how do we nav navigate that conversation? Um, I personally think that the, the greatest motivation comes out from the persons on, on themselves. So if you, if you manage to have a company where leader are leader having people talking to them and bringing new ideas in new ways of communication, new values, new perspective of the customer, of the client. For example, having PR, not a PR um, communication like you do it in the classical way, but doing brand ambassador campaigns, but brand ambassador campaigns, not only as doing a campaign on this, but having employees talking to the board members, talking to key players, and they then tell what are the cool things we are doing in a company, but the things they need to be cool because otherwise they won't do it on their own channels, on social media channels, where they were talking to friends, to, to, to family and so on. Yeah, so that's, that could be one aspect. Um, like we had one, one um, idea, so getting, bringing your trainees in the first weeks, making them to the most important people in the company. Because they come from the outside, they come from the customer perspective, they tell you what is the feeling the people have looking from the outside on this company and on the product, then bringing new ideas in, but are also open to change things that um, then increase the KPIs. And that's not easy because you have um, people doing years and years and years the same thing. And now this comes now that the, the value thing and the customer-centric thing and the sustainability, you need to do things other than the years before. And then comes in change management and fear of people and employees employees with all this digital stuff coming in because they don't want to change because then they lose their jobs in the extreme way yeah because doing more digital they have a fear um they, they don't need it need um, us anymore but if you have those people open-minded in their head um really saying okay change is is a thing i can also I can support and I can lean, I can learn new things um, 
no matter how old I, I am and how long I'm in the company, I'm open for these new things. And if you manage to really have this, this possibility in the company, then change things, have these KPIs and seeing it works, the perfect world. But it's only from the, um, a vision and a very positive, um, look on, on, how to do brand campaigns. <laughs> Fair enough, but I would I would I would actually say that that's that's not only sort of a theoretical aspect. So and I felt it was a fantastic spin of our whole conversation until now because earlier we discussed about okay, we have customer facing brand, we have employer facing branding, right? But now if you're hiring new trainees and you're bringing them to meet the the you know, C-suite from a customer perspective, that means that unless our brand functions as a single organism, then everything falls apart. And I think that's a, a, an extremely good tip for anyone listening out there that, you know, unless your customer wants to become your employee and vice versa, and your employee, your customer, then maybe there's something wrong with your brand. And I think that was like uh, just a fantastic way to spin it, the way you did it, and, and, and I love that very much. So I think we're we're going to include that a lot in our in our discussions later because that's a great way to look at it, and it's it's a full circle of values that completely circulates. And if there's a break somewhere, so if if you're a, a brand leader out there and you want to measure how well your brand is doing, potentially try to hire your customer. Or try to get your your team to to buy your product. So that that's a great way to put it out there. I think. Ad additionally, to make it more concrete, yeah, um, really mm -hmm. giving your trainees the, who are in the from the digital coming from the digital world, and it's the daily thing, and the the others they struggle maybe, yeah, but give them the confidence, the tools and the people, the stakeholder in the company. I believe they do the best creative campaigns for you if your target group is a younger audience, for example. Yeah? Um, it's easier to have a lot of meetings with the creative agency, a lot of struggle with understanding that the agency understands what you are doing. And if you, dis if you can, um, do this more, uh, I don't say how to, how to say, I don't know how to say it now in English to, to fatanen, to, um, to, to mix this so, and to make this more, um, uh, really inside out, but outside in thing together, then for me, it would be the best solution. Definitely. So, okay. So let's say we do that and, and we're doing that for, um, we're doing that for the company in a particular region. But more and more people are leading global brands because, you know, the world is getting more connected, obviously, and, and we're building bigger and bigger brands. Now, what we're facing and not even going from geography to geography, sometimes even within the same space, uh, we're heading more and more towards an ethical relativist world where there's more than a single view of the truth and more so more than a single view of what is right and wrong. And all of those values tend to be put to the test because from one place to the to another, the very same values will be perceived very differently. And even if the core word of the value is the same, there's a lot of contention as to what it means. So again, okay, I am leading a brand supposedly of a, of a large international company. 
where should I base my, my system of values to be sure that when translated or when I'm building this brand globally, it still remains within some bounds of of a, an ethical grounds. Again, keeping in mind this moral relativist uh, space that we're living in. Um, what do you mean exact with where is it based? So, considering that the world or where should it be based rather where should it be based like what do i do as a head of as a, as a brand leader right um we have the values of the company different countries will perceive those completely differently um, and i'm speaking countries because it's the easiest example um how do i manage my own values also as a brand across all of these countries and making sure that i'm not going to offend anyone anywhere um, and that I'm going to be correct also to my own beliefs, considering that I will need to change in a particular other setting. How do I manage that situation? That's interesting because you have a lot of um, time headquarters doing campaigns for every region, for every country. What really makes sense because you have this the, the base, which is everything the same for, for every country, for every people, for every when your when your values are clear. Yeah, um, it's very tricky on the point. How really is the feeling you have, you, which comes across to the to the client? Because then it, it really depends on easy example. Yeah, is the people do I do I see um, an Austrian person on the mountains in my campaign, or do I see some star um, some people? Um, where I don't have the, the, the direct emotional connection, for example. Mm. Yeah? And then it's really tricky because then there's often such those uh, milli hundred seconds where I have the feeling, no, that does not fit to me. So I think you have, even this, with language, yeah, when you don't have this native speaker going across language, especially when you do social media campaigns, um, then and you really need this native and this um, sympathetic way because we we all need we want to to build brands that are likable we want to be sympathetic we want to be we have those we want to have our clients those good feelings then you really need to be on point with messaging and with your way of communication and that for me it's it's so important to it makes sense to centralize both things because you have this target group and the target group now in the digital work they can well they can pick from everywhere so you have also this austrian style of people sitting in the us for example yeah and the style of people is the, the same and now i reach him also in the us yeah but um on, on the other hand, you really need to, to focus on what comes across for this segment of people I want to reach, um, not with boundaries and, and um, concerning different countries, yeah. but on this, how can I reach them? that? That, that was a trick, right? So we had the, the World Cup um, in Qatar that sparked a lot of these issues of cultural differences. And we're talking, you know, mm. the, the same championship yes. that we've we've loved for ages, but all of a sudden it becomes this big contention. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very hard to appreciate sometimes different cultures, different sets of values, uh, yes. while at the same time, you know, especially when they contradict your own values. 
And I think this is one of the tricks that I, I haven't been able to find a good steady middle ground, I'd say. And I, whenever I see brands, they continuously struggle with that issue, right? Um, of what's happening in that other country, because now all of a sudden you, you have to stand, let's say, and, and you'll see this across all, almost all global brands, right? Um, most global brands will react during the, the um, you know, month of LGBTQ community and they will put out there all the, you know, they will update all their social media, Aww. but only on some specific countries. And that automatically Aww. becomes an issue in some other countries where that is not updated. Now, the point yes. is, do we, um, do we as brand leaders stay strict to our values, regardless of the space, considering that we may harm our brand? Or do we actually take this uh, sort of ethical relativist stand and say each country will have different ethical standards and we will um, change ourselves according to those values? So where should we stand really? Um, as I'm a very human-centric person, I also mm. want to highlight here that every person every country has other problems so we are we are such um how to say it we, we are so lucky to can live here in austria with all these um things we we have here and then we are doing here campaigns and for example in our region is a country um they have they they, they, they are not on this um they really have they really have problems we don't have problems in austria if you call it like this it's only for they really have problems and then you come with a campaign that works in austria but not in this other country and i don't want to mention another country but look on the eastern so that is really that is such a gut feeling you have as a manager doing things where you know you um destroy people in other countries that doesn't work mm. Well, that, that... And then you have to establish people and subsidiaries or people in the in the headquarter coming from this region, having connections to this region, having having stakeholders there that you nevertheless, if you want to globalize your things, nevertheless you have to have a look on the on the the problems you want to to solve for people in a, a, a region or a segment there must not be a region that could be a segment of your target group that i believe is probably the best answer i could have gotten uh, it at least it did <laughs> answer my own question right let's be honest uh, because it is so hard to, to sort of cut it with a knife Whereas I believe where your answer is going is, again, going back to that empathetic level, is rather look at what's happening locally. And that might be that it comes to the contention where with what I think and believe right now, right here. But contextually, we have to be aware of that. And I think a lot of the, yes. the pain that we're, we're struggling with as cultures in today's world is that we're not taking the time to understand that contextually it yes. does make sense over there Absolutely. we might not agree with it not at all but yeah sorry yes what really what really makes sense for example in the digital world to centralize the um that the 
how to call it, um, to spread your message because you have technical possibilities, you have ad serving, you have, and you can spread the message easily. Yeah. So that makes sense to really have to, to look on your processes. Do you still need to do a lot of manually, for example, sending a banner from A to B, yeah, from to this platform? How can you really optimize the process here? And really, do you need to, to send this tech, tech to, to implement the banner? Have you, have, have you, is it necessary to do it manually? Do you need this person or this task? Not only, not the person. So do you need this task or can you do it more technical and, and use their optimization things? So I think here on the process side, when you are clear with your messages, look on your process. How can you then centralize here to make it easier, um, more fast forward and thing that, that makes sense? Um, if, and if you do it together, maybe you have then more time for really being on point and clear with your messages and problem solver. And on the other hand, make processes easier, smarter, and so on. Like creative sessions. Do you need having 10 people from creative agency, uh, customer and so on in one meeting and they are fly, uh, in one meeting room and they are flying across the, the countries? Or can you do it having the people there do it digitally and having great tools working on creative tasks also if you're not sitting together in one room? We're past time, but I have one last question and I'll let you go. So because <laughs> I know a lot of us a lot of us has been there. Um and I think it's crucial that you know, with your experience you would probably be able to help just uplift people from that position. There's, you know, there's all of these cases where businesses will run into. They'll say, oh, um, our brand isn't quite working the way it should. We don't know what we're doing. You know, people aren't connecting with us. We're trying. We've put all these messages, but, you know, we're not getting any likes. Nobody else is commenting. I don't know what's happening. What do I do? So if we find ourselves in that sticky situation where for some reason we're just not being able to get out of a continuous sort of negative loop with our brand what would be the th at least three things that we can just do from that moment to be able to move one step further at least move the needle if i may for me personally the first step would be really have this sentiment um, market analysis and looking deeper into where is the problem so uh, or why, why is the problem so what are people really talking about and open this discussion it's so hard and so easy asking the world wide web for example in social media what is my problem really but it, 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 it you have those companies um, dropping a question concerning a product supply chain and so on but then they also have to need um, dealing and living with the comments for example on the website having those um, recommendation thing and feedback loops and so on um, it's nice to have feedback loops if you don't take it seriously so um, how open are you to really ask where your problem is when you can't see it in yourself and in your company and, and with talking about it? Because I'm absolutely sure that the people, they sitting days and night in the company and thinking about how can I do it? But if it don't get better, then um, really be open-minded and ask people out there from your um from your customer and you have this mystery shopping and so on things yeah so i think you have really go this step 
back. Um, the second thing is for me, maybe you have to kill products, really kill products, even if people say in the company, oh God, it's my holy product and it's the best product for the last three years and so on. And if you kill products, you kill brand strategies and you think brand strategies on another way because when you think it from problem solver from the product and you have a then a problem a product that solves the problem then you make brand strategy different so it's everything everything every time i look um yes and and uh, i said it before for me it could be a really a game changer um getting people into your company coming from your market segment and then working really together with them onboarding onboarding in companies onboarding how does onboarding work at the moment in a lot of companies people don't have time they are very stressed the people they have to ease uh, to do the very quick do things and and uh, take their tasks and do them but taking the time in the first phase going with them to the board members to stakeholder to key people to what else and really talking with them and developing things i could i think that could be such an um for me really a game changer it could be a game changer and having then brand ambassadors not telling about the brand is the best but but uh, developing them and train them to how can you be a presenter of the company and you're really proud of it and everywhere when I talk in my not only digitally I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of my company and what does it need to be proud of my company and this comes into brand campaigns perfect um, Bettina thank you so much for You're your time. Um, honestly, this has been great for me. Uh, I've learned a lot myself. I really hope that people <laughs> hearing out there will have learned something. Great, um, great. But I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, you know, we'll, I'll definitely be pinging you very often <laughs> from yeah. here on now. Thank you very much because on my side, it's every time um, you think about how can you really help people with what you're saying and isn't it things saying people um, exactly the same, but it's really my opinion and thank you for really open-minded question and asking um, concerning my opinion. So thank you very much for the invitation. Pleasure.